Hello and welcome. How about we start this week with a dedication? To the gentleman who wrote in and said he hated the music that we play front and back of the show. Sir, this one's for you. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1. 833. eBay 723. That's 1. 833. 322. 9723. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show. You're very welcome. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this week. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith keeping you company. Sherry is based in Colorado, full-time eBay seller, and officially the darling of the managed payments group in eBay. She's taken their uh, their silver shillings and <laughs> appeared for them on the investor call in full motion video complete with the uh, pets department. And Philip escaped from England in 1994 and five years later started selling occasionally on eBay. And he lives in Florida, surrounded by crocodile infested waters and protected by a herd of peacocks. When he's not playing with his more than his driveway can contain cars, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he um, goes in place with his laundry paraphernalia. Yep, that's me, Uh, Mr. Interesting. All right, and uh, it's the Selling on eBay radio show. It's uh, kind of a show about having a little eBay business, the fun that you can have during that, maybe help you make a little bit more money or uh, just enjoy yourself a bit more. We're here to exchange ideas, find out how you're getting on, tell you some of the things that we're up to. Hopefully that'll make you more productive. So coming up in today's program, Sherry, we have... Going on vacation and want to put someone else in charge? Top tips. I feel that's something you can speak about from personal experience recently. And also, I don't know if it's a record, but I think I may have the longest time that an item has taken from the time it was shipped to the time it got delivered and I got paid for that. We'll uh, have that coming up as well. Also, Sherry? Fulfilled by buyer, an unusual solution Hmm, to an expensive problem. problem. Okay, very good. And we'll talk about eBay's latest strategy. Is this one a hit or a miss? Definitely different, but uh, we'll give you our verdict a bit later on. And eBay's cyber-stalking case. We have new insights behind the scenes. That's all to come on this week's program. And as we say quite often, it's not about us as presenters. We don't talk too much about what we do, although you're very welcome to check out our stores. If you have any questions, be more than happy to answer them. Uh, All our details, links, etc., on our little website. That's sellsellsell.online. Sellsellsell.online. You can find the phone number if you want to uh, call or text or maybe send us an email. All the details there. Now, it's been a bit more than a week since I think we spoke last, because, Sherry, you've been uh, on vacation, right? That's right. I was in Mexico for a week, mm-hmm. and I've been back since You're Sunday. you caught up now? Oh, I'm kind of caught up. I fell asleep at 9.30 last night. That helped. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little exhausted, but uh, by Monday, I just started to dig in hmm. and look at my items and I noticed that most of my markdown sales had ended, uh, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a markdown I use that kind as well. of person. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do? But, it, but it's a pain because 
you have to then figure out once you once it's ended, you don't know what the markdowns were. Well, you I can don't. duplicate your markdown sale. Oh, you can copy it. Yes, I think. Yes, right. you can copy you can it, copy and then it. you can relook through them. Yeah, the problem I find is when I copy it, if for some reason I change the markdown value after I started the previous markdown promotion, it goes back to the way it was at the beginning. So the copying yes, is true. at the beginning. So any changes you made subsequently disappear on you. And also I find randomly stuff does not end up copying. And there's a few that kind of slip through and never get changed. Who knows why? Yes, and leave it to you to notice that. It's a very um, buggy, buggy feature in my opinion. It is, and it is strange. Uh, and I've noticed that when I've mm. marked down things that are already on sale, then when you do the markdown, you're starting back from scratch. But that was a good explanation for me. Mm. It made sense of why my sales had slowed down. I mean, I was in Mexico, but the buyers didn't know that. So why were sales slowing mm -hmm. down? Because mm -hmm. my markdown sales ended. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, the other thing was, well, am I going to talk about the uh, buyer fulfillment now, or am I going to talk about that let's, later? Let's park that for now. Um, okay. You can give that some thought. In the meantime, we talked about this in the past. I won't go through the whole thing again, but uh, I thought I was out 230 something dollars on an item that I'd sent to a buyer in Israel via first-class mail. Usually that works pretty well. Don't usually have a problem with that. And they said they hadn't received it. The tracking stopped at the international airport in Israel and showed nothing domestically. And I thought, is this guy running a scam? Because, you know, sometimes people look up the tracking and they, they see there's nothing there. So they know full well that if they file a not received complaint, they're going to get their cash back. I didn't think that was the case, but you, you never know. And my general rule with these things is never give up. In my experience, stuff gets delayed an awful lot and sometimes by a very long time but total loss is almost unheard of at least in my experience so the name of the game i think with we'll this try kind of shipping situation, to brazil but go oh, ahead i wouldn't do that I would, latin no, america no. i would not do because that is a case where you'll just lose your money before you even know it that's not even worth that's trying right. <laughs> sorry um, go ahead and no, no you're right and, and so anyway this thing disappeared off the tracking thing and that the strategy i use is to try and Run down the clock as slow as possible. Give yourself as much time as you can to have it arrive because quite often it does turn up just late. And with these international not received cases, you can call eBay customer service just before it's about to, to go against you and say, you know what, I'm pretty confident it's going to get there. Can we put 10 more days on the clock? And they'll reset the counter and give you 10 more days for the item to show more tracking information. And you can do that two, sometimes three times. So you've, by doing that and contacting them maybe the night before it runs out of time, you can add an extra month to that waiting period to see if something turns up. And nine times out of 10, that's enough for the tracking to pick up again. Because oftentimes, I, I think what happens is that these parcels go into cages that get wheeled around the customs hall. And my guess, there's a little doggy chops in the corner that goes around and sniffs around these cages. And every now and again, the little tail starts wagging and that cage gets a big cross marked on the side, gets wheeled to one side, put in the inspect category, and everything mm. else scoots through straight through the system. 
So it's, when people say, what's the average time of delivery internationally, the answer is it's kind of a bimodal situation. It's either quite quick or incredibly slow, but not very much in between. And I think this was in the very slow category because I sent this guy his stuff. It must have been in November, maybe first half of November, and it finally got delivered literally a few days ago, so well into March. My gosh. Um, and I, by that time, I'd run out of my drag-out-the-clock approach. So what I do then is once eBay says, no, you can't extend this anymore, and I'm going to have to make a decision as to whether I refund or whether eBay is going to refund on my behalf, which is a bad situation. Uh, a couple of days before the, 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 the final deadline comes up, the, the, the approach I take is I drop the, the buyer a note and say, look, you've been incredibly patient. I'm, you know, you've been a wonderful buyer. I'm very impressed. You've done everything you can. You know what? In all conscience, I can't keep your money in my bank account when it's taken so long. How about we do this? I'm going to refund you your amount in full. Um, I'm confident it's going to get there. Just give me a note. Send me a note when it arrives. And then if you're okay with it, I'd like to re-invoice you afterwards. And and most of the time they say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Now, the seller, the buyer doesn't know that I have no choice anyway. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to refund it or he's going to win the dispute with eBay. But I think if you position it as you're trying to do them a favor and doing the right thing, um, that that does help. And in this particular case, the guy was good to his word. Yeah, he, he was happy to take an invoice and, and send me the money after he'd already been refunded initially on the order. Oh, so I don't guy. know if that's the record long time. It's certainly my record longest uh, gap between uh, sending something out, it arriving and getting paid. But So it was probably close to four months. Wow. That's a record for the buyer paying you at the end, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. sure, getting it that yeah. long. and So that now puts me back to 100% success rate. I don't think I've actually lost a package, apart from one that we might talk about in a minute, um, at all. I think I had lots of delays, but I don't think I ever had to refund someone for a complete loss. That's impressive. And then we're talking thousands. So anyway, and that's why I don't buy insurance. Or I don't. Uh, it, to be honest, the, the loss rate is so astronomically small that I just take that risk myself. Because if you buy insurance, yeah. you're going to pay, what, one, two... Two percent, say on the on the value of the package. So, you know, the the loss rate is a, probably a tenth or a hundredth of what you're paying in premiums. Yeah, that's smart. At least as far as I'm, in my in my limited sort of experience of things, that's the way it it works for me. Yeah, and the key was your great communication with eBay and with the buyer. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to keep on top of it because anytime you've got some kind of case that then turns into a dispute. You need to stay on top of that. If it times out and it goes to eBay, now I think pretty much all these things are adjudicated straight away. It used to go to an agent or it would wait for the buyer to escalate. Now, a lot of these uh, cases now just adjudicate straight away at the end of the timeout. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's a change. That's a, by the way, I think a quite a recent change in the procedure within eBay. Um, so, uh, you know, it's the, the night before is much better than the morning after the deadline. Yeah. Word to the wise. And uh, just on the subject of, of shipping stuff around, I think you had a, a strange situation where you had an expensive uh, thing to sort out, and you came up with quite a good solution, which I had never thought of, right? <laughs> That's right. So I, a gentleman bought 21 coin boxes, and these go in a commercial washing machine. So they, were 20... they still full of coins, or they, you, you filled your pockets full of coins? 
No, no, no. They I, we I, I sell them empty. The, the jangling as you walk around the studio was uh, a bit of a giveaway. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you can hear them in my pockets, but uh, they're mm-hmm. empty. The jacket looks a little bit weighty. <laughs> That's right. And even empty, they are like fifty-two pounds. Oh right, yeah. To ship, and I actually my client who I sell these for, he has four laundromats, mm-hmm. and. He's in California. I'm in Colorado. Um, so we decided for me to keep selling for him once I moved from California that mm-hmm. he would send me the pictures, the weight, and uh, the description, and then I would list it. And when it sells, I send him the shipping label, and he ships it. Now, the buyer got them, and we a few weeks later, the buyer said, I made a mistake. These are too big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, it, it was the buyer's mistake and he had, you know, admittedly needed mm-hmm. a different size. So I said, he said, can you like send me the right size? And I said, I can see, you know, if we have it, but you just need to ship them back to me mm-hmm. and then we'll, you know, replace them with the right size. Well, A week later, he opened a return with eBay, and much to my unpleasant surprise, Mm -hmm. I had my free returns on that one, and normally Uh. on something that weighs that much, I don't do free Mm -hmm. returns, Mm -hmm. and it was... Was the eBay eBay proposed label price completely up up the stratosphere? Because sometimes they can bid it low, sometimes it can be really high, you don't know. Well, and the I don't I didn't even see what the price was because it was uh-huh. all automatic. They okay. automatically approved it. They automatically issued him a label, and so, and it's priority that fifty-two pounds yes. is going to go. Yes, that's what they use. Okay, which is scary. Mm-hmm. So, I looked at my I don't ship FedEx through my account really much mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. since FedEx now if you hear a rumbling my dog has decided to eat while I can hear something eating this. something in the background but yes um, it's not me <laughs> it sounds like he's eating my headphones <laughs> at first it was Trixie but she picks up a kibble and takes it across the room and uh, eats it which okay. is very polite of her but Tinkerbell has moved in and she's just chowing down right there so sorry for that um I looked at FedEx and I asked him, can you hold off and let me give you a label? Mm-hmm. And it was going to be $75 because I'm mm-hmm. not getting the discount that eBay gets. So I um, thought of something else. I asked him, if I resell these, mm-hmm. can you hang on to them You know, for another week? Um, and it, when they sell, I'll send you the label and then once the buyer receives them and is happy with them, I'll issue your refund. Um, could you do that? And then I will also refund you for your initial shipping. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving him a little go, uh, bonus. Also kind of in intimating that I might not refund him that original shipping charge. Um, okay. Otherwise, if he sends it back to me and I'm out $75. Um, so he said, sure. So... I sold them uh, to my surprise. You know, that was, it was, and I I did mark them down. Um, It was lucky. And he shipped them to the buyer. And then, now I'm in Mexico during this when I sent him the label. 
always the way. The farther away you are from the base, the more complicated the cases are going to be that land in your mailbox yeah. and the shorter the deadline you're going to have to resolve them. That's and just the worst, the, first rule the Wi-Fi. Of going on, the, first, yeah, the first rule of going on vacation is all the crap happens when you're, when you're on the road. That's right. So um, then I'm back home, and it's two days ago, and I notice a case has been opened and closed in my favor all oh. while I was sleeping. Um, so apparently he escalated it to a case, even though I told him once the buyer receives it, I'll issue your refund. I don't How soon was he... it before you put him on the block list? Oh, I haven't done that. Oh, well. I haven't done that yet. See, that really annoys me. If I think that we've had a conversation together with a buyer and we're, we're copacetic, we know what's going on, we've got an agreement, we know the way forward, and then the first thing they do is the direct opposite, which is to raise a case with eBay and just some grievance against me, that just ticks me off. And that would well, be a very fast route to the block list if, ever, if they were my customer. I mean, I don't hesitate to go to the block list when someone's rude to me or says mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. rude. So that's, mm -hmm. but with him, I'm guessing that eBay sent him a message and said, if you don't ship these back, um, your cutoff yes, is like today. And they, could have, they could have sent one of those, your return is due to be sent notices. They tend to send those out. Yes, yeah, so I think, I mean, he should have, you know, communicated with me, but he didn't. And then it's kind of funny that they found it in my favor. But um, but I'm certainly not here to, trying to cheat him. And yeah. he's been very nice to me. So okay, that's well, what that's matters good. is right. I like well. the, the way he communicates with me. So they finally, I looked at the tracking just a little bit ago, and I see that they've arrived as of yesterday to the buyer so I'm going to uh, call eBay and see if I could refund him through eBay mm -hmm. anymore. Um, if I can't, I'll send it through PayPal. But if I refund him through eBay, then I get refunded the fees. Yes. Ideally. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, so far, so good. Good. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I've got to, I've got to, just because you mentioned something that, that set me off thinking about something. So I'm going to throw a, a money saving tip into the, uh, the mix here because uh, part of what we do is try and pass on our limited experience to you. Uh, now, Sherry said there that what happened in your case was the eBay automatically accepted the return. They tend to do that anyway. But they didn't give you any option to intervene with any other arrangement before spitting out the label on your dime to the to the buyer. That's right. They did. There is a setting in probably in shipping preferences under return somewhere like that, where you can tell eBay that you want to issue an RMA number before the return proceeds to the label print stage. Oh, if you select good. that box, it puts a break on the process after the automatic acceptance, and you'll get a message saying so-and-so's asked for a return. It's been automatically accepted by eBay per policy. Now step in and either send them a label yourself, use the eBay label, it's going to cost you this much, send them a message, whatever the options are. Oh, and good. that's a good way of intercepting the process because eBay is very spendy with, with some of these labels. And sometimes the return label is really cheap. And I think, well, that's a good deal. I couldn't do better than that myself. Other times it's like twice the cost of sending a FedEx label. Um, so I do that instead. I like to kind of weigh up the the, the different costs. Um, and, and sometimes I can also resolve a lot of times uh, so-called return requests. Just someone doesn't know how to use the product. And you teach yeah. them, tell them what they're doing wrong and the, re the return goes away. 
So anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd interrupt with the uh, Thank you. Well, I'm going to make that change. There you go. Yes. Right. Very good. And uh, on the subject of uh, strange deliveries, um, I've got one on the go at the moment, and it's a bit weird. It was a, an item I sent out, $550 piece of audio equipment, reasonably pricey, but less than $750. Uh, I sent it out FedEx, and FedEx reports, um, like Wednesday lunchtime, it's been delivered. Uh, so good. I mean, basically at that point, I'm covered because once it's got a delivery acknowledgement from FedEx under 750, I'm golden. Um, seller protection kicks in. I'm, I'm good. Anyway, days go by. I've closed the file. I've moved on, whatever. Sunday, no, Saturday night, I get an email from the buyer saying, oh, I didn't receive the item. FedEx says it was delivered. I didn't get it. Uh, okay, so hang on now. It's, it's Saturday night. <laughs> you got it delivered on Wednesday lunchtime. And by the way, my system sets up an email that the buyer receives immediately. The, the, the shipment is delivered saying, hey, FedEx thinks they delivered your item. If they didn't, now is the time to take action. Let me know because obviously time is of the essence. He's left it three and a half days. So potentially $550 worth of kit has been sitting on someone's doorstep in a not very affluent urban area of New Jersey on a doorstep by a road. Um, I'm wondering if it's still there. Anyway, so this guy doesn't seem like the fastest when it comes to responding to stuff. Uh, and I say, first of all, I said, I think it's best if you open a query with FedEx, just asking them if they could provide more information, because he wants me to tell him exactly where they left in. I, I don't know. It's not on the receipt, obviously. And usually FedEx will want to have a dialogue with the recipient, and then they'll talk to the driver and they'll try and pair up the pieces of information. I have no idea what his house looks like, whether he has a shed or something, where they, or a garage or wherever they, whatever the local arrangements are. So I, I said, in all fairness, I'm not ducking the issue. It's just better if you have the conversation with FedEx to try and see if you can figure out the answer to your question. And I thought, you know, this is the Sunday went by, I didn't hear anything. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the kind of guy that takes four days to come back to me if something's missing, he's probably not going to be take, regarding the call to FedEx as a very high priority. So I opened the FedEx dispute under my name. But of course, I can't answer half the questions they have, but yeah, at least I've got something up and running. And what's interesting here is that the, the, the world has changed so much in terms of how much data... I'm in Florida, he's up in New Jersey. I can still get a vast amount of information about what's going on in his little world that help me figure out maybe what's gone wrong here. For example, I can use the Google Street View to literally effectively walk down his street. Now, let's say it's Acacia Avenue. He says he wants it delivered to number one, Acacia Avenue. So I can take the Google thing and I can go right down the low number end of the street. And interestingly, there is no number one. There is no building with number one. The first house has a big three on the door. Okay, I um, think we're hitting, getting warm here. And then I take the Google little truck thing and I drive it all the way up the other end of the road. And at the other end, there's a nice white door in a house saying with a big number one on it. So I get two screen grabs and I email this guy. Of course, he takes forever to respond. Uh, and I said, okay, is either of these two places your place? And he says, yeah, the brick one. And that's got the big number three on the door. And he ordered it to be delivered to number one. 
Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, Hercule Poirot moment here. We might have figured out what what's going wrong. Of course, FedEx has not heard from him, so they've done nothing about trying to trace it. And I send him a note saying, you know, do you think if I was driving that FedEx truck and I saw a three on the door, I wouldn't be delivering it there. If I saw a one on the door, there's a pretty high probability I might be delivering it there. Have you thought about going down to the guys at number one and asking him if they have your package? And I'm still waiting for his response, and this is several days on now, so I'm assuming that either he's given up or I'll get a huge dispute coming my way in due course. I don't know what's going on. But there's a lot You're of information. You're a good detective. Well, uh, and the plot gets thicker because I was interested into what, what was going on here. Now, another database you can use is the USPS uh, address database. You can do a ZIP plus four search, and it'll tell you if such a property exists in the main master file that USPS uh, maintains. And that's what FedEx and UPS use to plan their delivery routes. They take the USPS data, all those uh, GPS references and stuff, and use that. And I do a search on number one, Acacia Avenue, and there's no zip plus four for that. So there's no house of that number in the database. I do a, uh, number three, and it comes up. There is such an address. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Another source of information, you can go to the, the county records office and you can search on both the guy's name and the addresses that you think this thing might have been delivered to. Again, that might be interesting. And this so item I, was like $700. $550, so below okay. the $750. But enough to be, you know, I wouldn't want to have to buy, you know, pay him off for $550 for yeah. his stupidity. That's not, not fair. So no. I look up the his, his uh, property records and... It's curious because it says he owns a property at number one Acacia Avenue in his title deed, but on the record it says mailing address three Acacia Avenue. And I'm changing some names around just to avoid giving our customer information and upsetting our folks, the, 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 uh, the good gods at eBay. Um, so it seems to me that maybe way back when, when he bought the property, the title might have said number one, but often things change over time. And maybe that was the first house that got built and they just started numbering at one. And USPS, once a house is built, USPS then decides to build it into the database. We had this when we had our house in Virginia built. It took us ages to get officially on the USPS database and to exist in the actual system. Um, so it's weird. And the other, the other strange thing is... You know, when someone says something hasn't arrived, there's one question that comes up right in the first paragraph. Are you going to refund me? The rest is trivial, usually. That, that's their yeah. first question, straight out the chute. And normally it happens, bing, the day that they didn't get the delivery. This guy waits three and a half days. He never mentioned about money or getting repaid or anything. He's just sort of not responding oh. to much. So I don't know. I think he has, uh, I think his mailing address is number three, Acacia Avenue. Number one is bogus. Uh, I have no idea whether he ever got the package. Um, maybe I'll find out in the days to come if he ever cares to respond to me or to FedEx. Um, I'm pretty sure from all the research, I've got a good story. If someone comes after me for the money, I can pretty much prove that he gave me a bogus address that wasn't in the database, and therefore it's his dime. Um, so anyway, that's kind of... Um, my sort of Hercule Poirot moment of the week, trying to figure out what this this guy has done, and, and there was a telltale giveaway, really, Sherry, and and that's because every single email he sent me had that famous tag at the bottom that I like so much that really makes me deal makes you know I'm dealing with some of the of a, you know intellectually superior 
sent from my iPhone. Oh, that's which, funny. Which does drives me nuts. Like, you got an iPhone? Whoa, that's impressive. <laughs> Look, you got really, you're the one with the iPhone. Ooh, I didn't <laughs> know about that. That's a good use of bandwidth. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. I don't, I don't have a, a final conclusion on this thing. I think I've got my backside covered in the event that uh, uh, someone comes after me for money, although in theory I'm protected, but you never know with uh, credit card recharges and stuff, they can, they can try and find you. So that was some are. good detective work that you did. Seriously. So anyway, that was that's and that's I'm, I'm mentioning that really because I think the it's worth if someone says I didn't get there's something that you can do a lot to really find out what's what's going on and maybe come up with some theories and maybe if someone comes after you for money mount a defense. Now, it yeah. just struck me. I know I know we're supposed to think everyone's basically good, but I just wonder whether this is a stroke that he pulls often. You know whether whether every delivery he he writes to the sender and if he you know he has a slightly weird address system so the records don't quite marry up and you know he he says to everybody I didn't get it in the hope that maybe some refund I don't know it's a possibility yeah. certainly all right anyway we'll come up with uh, we'll be back in just a minute with uh, the eBay news of the week okay. So Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. So it's the uh, Selling on eBay radio show. Philip and Sherry keeping you company. I, I feel we might run a bit long this particular episode, given that we're uh, catching up from your time away. So uh, strap in. It might be a, might be a long ride, the uh, ride today. Uh, but thank you for joining us anyway. All right, eBay news, Sherry. Um, yes, some information got posted to uh, YouTube, right? Yes, the winter seller check-in call is the replay is now posted on the eBay for Business YouTube And these are channel. the calls that every seller can take, or anyone can take part in, really, that's involved with eBay if you want to find out what they want to say for themselves. Uh, the good thing is, the, or the bit that you miss with the video replay is you don't get to see the chat. And actually, the chat is, in some respects, the more entertaining aspect of the call. But uh, yes, uh, I would watch the chat and watch the watch the actual other stuff on replay if you have a choice. But anyway, so that's uh, that's on YouTube. It's under what's it under eBay for Business YouTube page, something like that. Uh, also, I saw in the news this week that uh, UPS might be a victim of industrial action coming up. The Teamsters Union, I think, have a new. Uh, president or at least a, a leader and they are talking about maybe going after UPS I think it's for general pay and conditions but not necessarily unrelated is the fact that UPS has bought or is in the process of buying roadie and the speculation is they're going to use uh, the roadie uh, ununionized casual labor people in their personal vehicles to maybe do last mile delivery in certain categories of, of shipment. So um, that could get messy um, in the future. So one to watch there, maybe think about maybe having a, a FedEx account or someone with someone if in case you need to have a plan B. Uh, also, uh, Sherry, yes, eBay uh, sent out that uh, message or the letter that we said they would, uh, I think, last yes. time. Yeah, USPS, the new surcharges starting April 3rd. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so packages that sure. exceed mm -hmm. 22 inches but are not greater than 30 inches in length add $4 per package. Package that it, packages that exceed 30 inches in length add $15 per package. Mm -hmm. Now it's getting pricey. Yeah. And packages that exceed two cubic feet add $15 per package. And just to correct something that the <laughs> eBay podcast said this week, they said if it was uh, 30 inches and over two cubic feet, you get hit for $30, i.e. 15 plus 15. That apparently is not true, at least not per the sources that oh. I'm getting. So... Uh, it's one or the other. Minus Mark for Griff on that one, but we'll we'll let him. We'll give a pass on that. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, bad news from USPS. I'm still trying to get my head around that one, how to figure out how much to charge. Uh, but mostly, I do free shipping, so I guess I'll just have to eat it. But um, we'll see. Also, yeah. I don't know whether you uh, are into the whole eBay store thing. They seem to be ramping up their their approach to stores here, and. Big fanfare, buyer groups. And I think this is the idea that you can somehow target your store newsletters. I don't know many people that send them out, but some people do, uh, by groups of buyers. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I can maybe send out the people that haven't ordered in, have had placed a big order but hadn't ordered in a certain period of time, or maybe they had stuff in the cart and or hadn't. And you know, lots of ways you could kind of think about how you might market to people um, that have visited your store. But actually, it turns out it's fairly basic. The only mm. filter I think is how long since they last ordered. You can select a period of time and then send out a different newsletter depending on what that number is. So oh, uh, not, okay. not that exciting, but. I think I think the poor old stores team in eBay is a little under-resourced and they really are fighting um, for development money against some very, very big projects, you know, 3D visions of sneakers and all this sort of stuff that's going to take squillions of dollars to roll out. You know, a few, a few minor changes by them is not really going to make the cut probably in terms of priority within eBay. So I feel sorry for those guys. But anyway, not that yeah. exciting. But anyway, we're reporting it for, for good measure. And, oh, there was some uh, negative reaction uh, to this business about refunding the 30-cent 30, the 30 fixed charge. Yeah, so they only refund you the 30-cent charge if the buyer initiated a cancellation and within one hour of purchasing it, or you approve it within one hour of them purchasing I'm not sure it. which one. It's probably request within one hour because that's a different workflow. Take a look at take a look at that the, the video we just mentioned, the seller check in uh, replay on uh, eBay for Business YouTube. They talk about this there, and see if you are not left with the impression that all order cancellations qualify for the thirty cent refund. I was on that call. That was my takeaway. I think everybody else thought that was the case. But no, the 30 cent refund is apparently only going to be given when the buyer requests a refund within that one hour window after they make the purchase. And I think that's bad. I, I you know, I mean, they took, a, they took a situation where they mishandled it in the first place. And I just think they dug themselves a deep hole instead. You know, and they do that sometimes. I don't, I just don't know. I don't know what kind of thought process goes on over there sometimes. You know, it's yeah. just teeing themselves up for for adverse reaction. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know people are really mad about that 30 mm -hmm. cents not being mm -hmm. refunded. It mm -hmm. turns out people care about the pennies. Yeah. 
And last piece of snippet of news, apparently uh, Liz uh, from the Liz and Doug uh, listing list perfectly podcast is no longer going to do their podcast. So I'm not sure what uh, what happened there. Maybe uh, Shari is a member of the Colorado eBay Massive. You can put out the feelers and uh, find out the scuttlebutt on uh, what bust up went on behind the scenes there. Maybe she'll <laughs> spill her guts to you and we'll, you'll bring it to us. Let us uh, know we'll see what I can do. All right, very good. Okay, uh, we will come up with some uh, more interesting stuff about the uh, eBay strategy and more about cyberstalking after this. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online what do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online. You can also find our phone number there if you want to send us a text or maybe leave us a voicemail. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to say, anything you want to contribute, some feedback, that's all good with us if you have time. Now, um, eBay had this uh, call for their investors, not something that typically most sellers dial into, but... I think this one is really, really interesting. And I don't say that about eBay investor calls very often. It is the effectively they're, they're putting out the official version of the Jamie Iannone strategy that he's been working on for, I guess, 18 months now. And it's posted on the eBay website. Anyone can go look at it. You can download the slides. You can listen to the presentations. And Sherry, I think it's really good. In terms of them not, being open and yeah. explaining stuff, which is not always their strong suit. And it is interesting. It makes a lot of sense in my view. There's some assumptions and stuff in there, of course, but I think it's interesting. And I don't recall having heard anything from eBay that's this this honest and, and this detailed ever. Wow. Where do you find that? Uh, well, rather than give out a long address, I um, finally got around to doing the show notes section of our little website. So that's sellsellsell.online. There's a, a page on that called show notes. And I put the link to the the site and the, the presentation. It runs three and a bit hours, but you can just have it on in the background. I didn't sit there yeah. for that whole time. Um, and I went through that actually a couple of times because I got stuff out each time. And... If, you, if you're working in your eBay room and you just want something to listen to, I'd, I'd recommend taking a listen to that. It's very interesting. It's very detailed in some places. It really helps you understand the way they think. Now, you might disagree with it and not like it, but at least you know where they're coming from. So I thought I'd try and at least uh, very quickly give you the takeouts that I took away from, from what they said. Uh, but I would encourage you, if you, if you have the time, to, to listen to it. And because and, I, think, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. And... Finally, after, I don't know, 20 years that I've been watching eBay, someone's come up with a bright idea of why don't we focus on what works best for us? You know, they haven't done that since Meg Whitman was around. You know, they've been running around trying to chase Amazon, being all things to all people, and failing abysmally. Uh, now, these geniuses have said, tell you what, we've realized that actually we make our money in certain areas from certain people, We'll do more of that. It strikes me as blindingly obvious, like, in fact, most strategies are, but it's amazing that they haven't thought of doing that up until now. 
So these guys say, well, there are certain categories that make like $10 billion a year. So those are the parts and accessories, the handbags, the, the ones we've seen advertised and promoted every single day. And there are buyers. It's about 15% of the buyer community generates 71% of their revenue. Wow. Uh, and any business, I think, has this 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of your money comes from 20% of what you do. And yeah. really, strategy is not difficult. It's about doing more of the 20 and less of the 80 in terms of what yes. you do. Not, not rocket too. science by anybody's imagination and not offensive to anybody. That strikes me as just common sense. So a lot of this, I think, is common sense. So they're going to focus on those, that, that sort of 15% of, of, they call them the enthusiast buyers. These are people that spend, what, nine times the average spend. That's $3,000 a year or more uh, spread out on different occasions throughout the year. So they... They, they're active on the site. They spend time looking. They search for stuff. They like bargain hunting, and they buy. And eBay really can, for the, for the first year of the strategy, just get themselves out of their current hole by just working these guys. There's enough yeah. growth in this, this 15% to turn it around. Now, ultimately, they're going to have to do more. But right now, if they just focus on the existing categories and this 15%, their view is that they can turn it around within a year. Um, the other key thing here, and again, it strikes me as blindingly obvious, but they, they say it nevertheless. They say the focus, and they use this phrase, non-new in season, which strikes me as a very confusing um, phrase, but really that's the classic eBay, right? New in season's Amazon. That's just, you know, new stuff from the factory. You wouldn't buy that on eBay. There's no point. But if you mm -hmm. want something that's out of season or not new, eBay is your place. So really, oh, it's just yeah. it's just Meg Whitman all over again, and nothing wrong with that. Um, and so they're basically saying, look, the days of you know, the winning era was was full of these promotions trying to get people to come onto eBay. You remember the last uh, eBay Open? He stood up on stage and said, "We're going to have 175 million buyers." Everyone whooped yeah. and cheered. They got 140 something million now. And the way he was doing it was just offering crazy deals to people to come and make a one-time purchase. And bear in mind that eBay makes between three and four cents on the dollar for turnover. They were giving away eBay bucks and other promotions for what, five, 10, eight, 10 percent? I mean, big, quite big promotion incentives to get people on the platform and, and place orders. And you know, they were basically losing money on everyone they, they hired. And they were just gambling on the back end that these very, very price-sensitive, fickle buyers would somehow stick around and then spend lots of money at full price, and they never did. And to drive up to $175 million would have required a vast amount of that and would never have been sustainable, and those guys would never have stuck around. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I used to keep my cart full of stuff. I would just wait knowing full well when the end of the quarter approaches, I was going to get a really big eBay bucks offer because they were running short on the quarterly target and they wanted to boost up the GMV to make the, the, the board happy. So I just filled oh. up my cart with stuff. I'd wait for the 8% uh, eBay bucks offer to come in and I'd buy the stuff I, I wanted to buy. Oh, I've never been smart enough to do that. And they're only, they're only making 3%, three, 3.5% three of revenue. So they, lo they lose money. It made no sense. And they didn't seem to have any real plan as to how they were going to get out of that particular hole. And I think that's why, kind of going into the cyber stalking thing, where Devin got himself in such a hole. And 
in, in a bad place because the aggressive investors were coming on the board, buying up seats, saying, look, this is, this is a mess. This is a way undermanaged company. And they were lighting fires under him because, frankly, it wasn't going well. And even on this presentation, they basically trashed the previous management and say, look, we were, we were going down in terms of revenue. Our margins were going down. It was just going down the, the S-bend. We had to do something. So they weren't you know, shy about saying it didn't work well in the past. Anyway, That's it's interesting. Good. And uh, there are more categories they're going to start focusing on. The plan is, I think, that 50% of stuff will be in a improved category by the end of uh, well, a couple of years from now. Uh, and they also are quite keen to try and get people on board who buy stuff and then, of course, sell it on eBay. That's, you know, that's yeah. free money. Um, so that's the other part of the equation, really. I don't think they necessarily say that they are going to ignore people that aren't in those categories. Or they're trying to force them off the platform or they're, they're buyers they don't want. I mean... You and I both have businesses where we, we do stuff that isn't necessarily our target strategy, but we're not going to throw that stuff into landfill and just do something else, you know? It's, right. If it's money coming in, just let yeah. it keep coming in, but don't spend money on it. So I don't think that people, people that feel offended that somehow eBay said they're not wanted, I don't see it that way. I think eBay is being very candid and open about what they, what they where they see the future and where they make their money. Um, that's okay, at least, I mean, and that's not the stuff I sell, at least not right now, but I'm okay with that. I know that, and I can plan around that accordingly. I, I don't take offense at that. I'd far rather, it's the devil you know, right? It, it, you know what they're working on. Yeah. I'm not going to be getting into handbags and sneakers anytime soon. Okay, I, I can deal with that. Yeah, you don't need to. So what does this all mean for sellers, I guess, was the thing I was trying to figure out as I listened to this stuff. And Sherry, you'll be amazed to know fees. <laughs> Oh, are fees, the fees in going the various up? forms. Um, well, they didn't announce fee increases as such, but as we know, they are very excited about this idea about uh, monetization of search. In other words, promotional listings and different types of listings and stuff. Yeah, and that runs about as a bit less than one percent of of GMV, one percent of the total turnover of the company at the moment. Their plan or their expectation is that should be closer to 3% within about three years from now. Now, I don't think you necessarily have to pay that because that's a, an optional spend. But there might be categories where, to be honest, if you don't spend it, you may not get much visibility. Yeah, so I it's think not I'm in really, those categories. Uh, yeah, I think you probably are. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I am yet, but I'm sure that will change. So there's a there's like a, a, a best part of a 3% increase lurking away there somewhere. Um, and so the take rate that they currently have is about 12% across the platform. Typically, of the total money they, they make, 12% goes to, to eBay. And my guess is that will go to 15% as a result of the increase in on-site advertising, plus I'm sure there'll be fee increases. So as a seller, can you live in a world where eBay's take goes from, let's say, 12% closer to 15, 16, maybe 17% over the next three years, as well as obviously the general inflation of, of prices. I don't think every category or every product is going to support that. Yeah, pretty sure I'm, I'm already there. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're a bit spendy on the old uh, promoted listings, so uh, <laughs> I think yeah. you'll, you'll, be getting, uh, you'll be getting a big bill soon. 
anyway, I, I don't know. I, that's my take. Um, it may not be the same across everywhere. I do think it's going to become good but expensive, I think, is where they want to be. Uh, if that means certain categories other people get involved in, I don't think they care too much about that. Um, they did talk about the fact, that, and we talked about the fact they're trying to revamp the stores a bit, albeit with a very small team and a small budget, that there are going to be some kind of promoted fees associated with stores. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Hmm. Um, I don't think I'd be that excited by it because I don't really think stores is that useful. But who knows? Maybe they'll come up with something good. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, another, another clue they gave on, on where the fees are going is that they think that this year, 2022, the GMV, the overall sales might be down as much as 8%, maybe, maybe 5%. Um, they're putting that expectation out in the market so they don't get negative comments when they actually announce a reduction in GMV, but actually their income should be level or positive. So if you're losing, let's say, 7% in, in overall headline sales and your income is neutral to positive, obviously that means there's a, an increase in the, the take percent's gone up a bit. So their profit is, is improved? Their profit would be, I guess, that if the income's about the same broadly level without, with selling less stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's, so that's better. Good. Good for them, yeah. Not so good for, for us them. because okay. our, our, the percentage in fees is going up. Now, that might be in lots of forms you don't necessarily have to pay, uh, but the general drift is towards fees going up. Yeah. Uh, they talked about the wallet again. I think we've talked about that in the past. Won't go into that in great detail. There's a push, I think, for international. I think they said 20 or 25% of transactions across border. Probably US-Canada accounts for a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And they again tease the thing that we told you that was coming up was the managed returns being part of GSP. That was kind of alluded to as well. Um, the vault, which we took made some fun of last time, is out there as an idea. I mean, it's a sort of concept. They seem to play it up on the call uh, without a lot of detail exactly how it's going to work. Um, I can see some people... The, I mean, the, they, they sell so many of these trading card things, which strikes me as a really weird idea. But anyway, people would get involved in that. They sell so many of those, and those guys buy them and speculate and sell. I'm sure there's enough people out there that wouldn't mind just having eBay hang on to it and send it straight out. So I can see some, some mileage in it. Are they going to get $3 billion worth of stuff in the vault? I don't know. I have no idea. When's that starting? I think that's quite soon. That is, I certainly this year, probably second half of this year, I think, from memory. So that 31,000 square foot warehouse, I'm sure it's a small warehouse with an option to build a bit more in the back. Uh, in theory, it must be broken ground and almost probably fitting out with electronics by now. Um, wow. If they're going to they're hit that. Um, and as I said, that we said before, <laughs> it'll be interesting if they have a glitch. And like they lost all the photos. Can you imagine what happened if they lost all the records of where people's stuff was in the warehouse? Oh, gosh. Ooh, $3 that's billion dollars worth of stuff. We have no idea what it is or who it belongs to. That'd be ugly, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> scary. Uh, anyway, um, that's not really too negative. The, the thing is that I think uh, from a seller's point of view, the, the, the secret sauce in all this is trying to figure out for these different categories – what it takes to get the buyer's trust. That's what they think is the, the secret ingredient as to why people might shop on eBay in an ever-increasing field of options. And I think they're right. I mean, 
if I bought from someone on eBay, I would feel a lot more confident than if they were the same person was selling through Facebook Marketplace or something like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think that actually the fact that there's tons more competition and many more options actually helps them in some respect because it clearly more clearly differentiates what, what eBay does differently. Um, so the drive is for to try and um, communicate trust and build trust with these people that have lots of money to spend. And that set me thinking that, you know, we've talked plenty of times about how inappropriate the DSR system is and why it doesn't really measure anything and the top rated doesn't really mean top rated. So I'm wondering whether there's a bunch of people in a conference room in San Jose right now coming up with an alternative way of measuring us as sellers that really gives us a trust score. Because I think that would be much more akin to where they're going with the strategy for the company and I think would be more meaningful to us as sellers in terms of things that we could work at, improve, and get feedback on. Because right now, the only thing that matters is, did you send something out and did it go out on time? I mean, those aren't really trustworthy elements. I mean, you can you can fulfill that 100% and be horribly untrustworthy. I've dealt with a few people like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just my, that's, that's speculation from my part. That wasn't in the call. So that's what I think the implications are for sellers, fees going up, drive towards trust, certain focus on categories, um, drive for international, better end-to-end management of international transactions. There's talk about live commerce as well. I think once stuff is in the vault, they want you to host videos and you know get excited about stuff and take orders directly off the video screen. Again, I, I don't see any harm in that. If that floats your boat, fantastic. I won't be doing it, but you know, <laughs> some people, some people like that stuff. Uh, I was trying to think through as they did this. I mean, are there any sort of really flaky assumptions in this stuff? It always sounds good when they present it, but then you got to think, well, well, really, yeah, how how robust is all this stuff? If I, you know, the foundation's going to hold this amount of stuff, and I think they're very optimistic on the economic growth. Of course, no one knows with you know World War Three breaking out down the road. I mean, anything could go on, but um, their economic outlook, I think, is pretty positive in all this, and it's difficult to know because they had a pretty good. 20 and 21 because of the pandemic I don't know whether that's going to carry on or not so there's some question mark about that whether these enthusiasts the 15% really can be grown as much as they think they can that's a pretty big assumption um, someone one of the investors asked I thought the, the $64,000 question which is well, what about pushback from sellers you know you're going to take your within 12 months your takes going up from 12 to 15% are the sellers going to stick around for that? And Hatrell, who's the guy that runs Europe, took the answer, which I thought was interesting because I thought the US market would be the really where that matters most. But anyway, they, they batted it off to him, which I thought was interesting they put him in on that one. And he said, well, basically, no, we, we, you know, we've, 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 we've shafted the sellers in the UK. We've taken away their 8% discount. We've put the prices up and been no pushback. So, no, we don't think there's any problem. Well, he doesn't read the same bulletin boards that I read. But anyway... Um, I don't know. I think generally they have the assumption that sellers are inelastic with respect to fees. They put the fees up and sellers are like frogs in that saucepan that's got the heat underneath it. They don't jump out. Uh, and I think that's still their working assumption. And maybe in a future episode, we should challenge that a bit. But um, I, I don't know. To me, that's that's one of the, the key questions. Um, so anyway, uh, what do I think about this? I think that 
I'm just I'm very impressed the amount of work they put into this. It is the most coherent thinking I think I've seen out of eBay in a very long time. Yeah, there's some uh, some some you know assumptions we're looking in there that maybe won't pan out, but generally speaking, it's a well argued case. And yeah, anything that says you do more of what's good and less of what's bad, you can't argue against that. And yeah, I I think there are going to be people that drop by the wayside and just you know the the 99 cent USB cable mob. Uh, may find it's just not worth their while anymore. The, the $5 t-shirts or whatever, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think eBay cares about that. And that's not dissing people. It's just that's not their focus. Yeah. So it, there were some interesting things. I thought uh, it was curious that they were quite damning about the Wenig strategy. <laughs> they all t- they're funny, these guys. They always spend way too much time presenting to each other because they always the exact same language. Yeah. If you want a good drinking game, Watch this presentation, and you take a shot every time. Every time someone says we're leaning into this or that, I have no <laughs> idea what that means. Um, it's obviously boardroom speak in eBay, uh, but they use it every third sentence. Uh, they're leaning into this. We're going to lean into that. We're going to lean after that. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's just that just struck me as a strange terminology that uh, they all, they all kind of repeat each other. Um, yeah, that's like a palette of colors on the previous call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the palette of colors. And they they paid lip service to this business that I think they just say this to keep us quiet, the seller platform of choice. I don't Yes, they're spending lots of money on fancy features like the 3D sneaker thing. Do I do most sellers care about that? Do most sellers care about the listing quality report? I don't think so. I think they're deluding themselves a bit on that one. I, I think sellers care about basically how much money they make and does eBay give them hassle? And, and can we not go through the whole item specifics yet again, please? Stuff like that. Um, so the seller platform of choice is their, is, their, is their token gesture towards sellers. It's sort of backed up, but it's basically the, the technical stuff they're doing to support the, the categories, which frankly they've been losing competitive share really quickly on. It's filling in some gaps, so... I don't think we as sellers are, frankly, the target of this particular strategy. And I wouldn't expect to be. I think if it's based around buyers, frankly, that's the way business works. Um, They do seem to have a new team, and that's good. I don't think Winning really really got rid of all the Donahoe people. I mean, his strategy was basically a retread of the Donahoe strategy. I think he had the same staff as writing it, and he missed the opportunity to do something different. And by the time his 100 days went by, no new announcement. A year went by, no new announcement. And then he was kind of locked into it and he couldn't couldn't back out of it. Um, and they are kind of worrying a bit about the demographic. I think, Sherry, you came to the show the other day and you said, look, there's the eBay demographic is shifting really old, particularly in terms of sellers, which probably means the buyers are skewing that way as well. And there's all... Uh, and now that we, when we were at the days when they used to have eBay open as a live event, they'd be telling us the millennials were the most important thing. Well, now it's the Gen Zs. They've taken over. So a lot of stuff about the old Gen Z people in this presentation and how, you know, we're appealing to these guys the way they do stuff and video and, you know, buying and selling stuff and not buying new and, you know, all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, and chat type, chat type messaging and everything else. So... I don't know. I felt old at that point, and I kind of got gave up. But well, probably it'll my old-fashioned ways of doing things will survive, keep me going for long enough. 
Yeah. But anyway, um, I thought it was very interesting. I would highly recommend that if you've got three hours, you've got nothing else to do, or, or you can do something else at the same time, uh, check out our website. I put the link there. You can you can look at the presentation. You can pause it. Uh, it'll pick up where you, le- where you left off. Uh, so that's sell, sell, sell dot online. Check that out. I, I think it's just it's the first time I think eBay actually be honest with us. Uh, it lacks certain information. That's it's bound great. To. I I thought it was good. I think as a strategy piece, it's really well thought through. They don't put a lot of stuff in this. Um, the analyst questions are quite interesting sometimes. Um, recommended. Thank you. All right. Uh, let us see. What, sorry, that was a very long talking piece by me. I, I try not to do that, but I just thought that was that was a one-off interesting item. Yeah, uh, also, I like hearing that they're going in a new direction. All right. Well, we've we busted an hour now, <laughs> and we're still going strong. So I'm, I'm, I apologize if you thought this was going to be a, a tight 43-minute segment. We're, we're, we're going to be over the top. But anyway, we'll get back to normal next time because we're catching up, having been away. Uh, Sherry's been away anyway. So anyway, we're talking about being away. Uh, oh, did I say that? That's a cliche, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I had to put a, a dollar in the cliche jar. Um, yeah. Leaving someone in charge when you go away. You went away. You have your army of uh, slave labor slaving away in the house (laughs) and and you were out of contact so what did you learn about uh have you done that before is that the first time you really let go you know i've had what you call my slave labor you know these Mm. students working for me for different ones you know because they grow up but um for years now when i was in california um and we'd go away maybe for a week, you know, in a year, um, I'd have, you know, the the best, most reliable and consistent, basically teenager (laughs) do Mm -hmm. the shipping while we were gone. I don't have the listers come in when we're gone because, you know, I'm not trying to have some kind of a frat party at the house. Mm. But I, um, so I have done this I think since I started selling on eBay, once, you know, I started hiring um, young adults. So this time though, was kind of tricky because last August, they all went to college and COVID, you know, kind of Mm. ended to the point that they went back to high school in person. So I was really stuck without someone for two different things. A, I had to figure out who to get to stay at the house with my dogs yeah. because I can't take them to Mexico. No. I'll take them anywhere in the U.S., mm-hmm. but when I can't take them out of the country. So I had to figure that out. And I, I know this is off the topic, but it'll come in, <laughs> be relevant in a minute. But I put on Facebook, you know, do you, do I know and love you and trust you? Do you love my dogs? Do you want a vacation in Colorado? and watch my dogs. And someone who actually took my eBay class like nine years ago said yes. So she flew out here and stayed with the dogs Mm -hmm. and she knows how to sell on eBay, but she's trying to have a vacation. Yeah, okay. Okay, so uh, she was just gonna be in charge of the dogs and, but having her here also gave me the ability to train my one of my employees who's 14 and a half mm-hmm. and he's already an entrepreneur you know snow blowing business in the winter and land 
landscaping in the summer. So um, I had one Saturday to teach him how to do the shipping. He had previously mm -hmm. helped me on another Saturday where he was just finding me the right box and I was just talking his ear off about, oh, well, we're gonna mm -hmm. ship this this way because of this and because we're gonna save a dollar here. And so I did that, but this time, and this was the Saturday before I left, I had to show him how, because I record the sale on a spreadsheet for the client that I sold it for when I ship it. So I had to show him how to put it on the right Google sheet and then choose the best shipping for it. And he's so smart. And he did an excellent job, no problems, no questions. Now, I had told him that just in various cases, I was going to leave him notes, you know, on the awaiting shipment where you can have a, add a note. I was going to leave him notes when it would be helpful, but I didn't anticipate having almost no Wi-Fi for the first two days. Mm -hmm. So he was... A real test. Yeah, he was on his own, and mm -hmm. he did amazing. The other thing that he had to do that he doesn't normally do is answer buyer questions. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a great job. He was very friendly on his um, responses. Uh, but it, it's so funny because yesterday he came in to list with me. And he's like, it's so funny because they ask questions and it's in the description. Yeah, yeah. Well, 99% of the time, absolutely, yes. <laughs> and I said, I know, but what's great about that you, is you can just, just copy your topic, description. Do you, do you, do you, I, it's so tempting to... Uh, so a slightly sarky comment back when someone does that. Quite often I I will I will take the section out of the listing and put it in two quotes, and that's the reply. Open quote, cut segment from listing, close quote, and not say anything else. Well, I have such a tendency, you know, that I'm feeling rude inside, so I want to be mm -hmm. really careful that I don't convey yeah, that. Yeah. But I do copy it from my description. Mm hmm but I don't put it in quotes. Mm -hmm. And I say, thanks for asking, exclamation point, Sherry. But there was somebody, people are like consistently asking me the color. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, what color does it look like is what I'm thinking. But one person was asking me, is this a royal blue? Or I don't remember the word, she was like a slate blue. And I'm <laughs> thinking like, Okay. Um, I answered her as well as I could, but she asked me for further refinement on the type of blue that it was. Uh -uh. Red flag, and red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what, what I'm thinking that sometimes they might be asking about color for is so that they think that they could say it was not as described. I, I either that or I don't know, or because it seems really bizarre to me. So I, I, just, I think if your photography is halfway decent, and yours is pretty good, I think it's halfway you, you decent. Have a, you have a you have a, you have a reasonably calibrated setup. You're not got you have your automatic white balance on or something like that that's going to mess it up. It's it, I mean it's pretty much is them, what it looks that like. That is a massive red flag. If they can't make it work from the photo, to me that's making me very nervous. As you say, that's going to come back. Oh, it wasn't the color in the pictures. She said it was peacock blue and it's sea blue. Or something. I don't know. Uh, exactly. And it was really the other blue. I wish I could remember. Chambray. No, mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was, but it's very um, uh, bizarre. Finally, I decided to tell her, you know, it. the picture is 
pretty accurate is accurate. Mm -hmm. So I just go by that. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but I was trying to say that in the nicest way I could mm -hmm. even think of saying it. Um, she and and, well, I try to be because Sometimes I'm trying I say, to, even if I thought about it for a few seconds, I will say, thank you for the inquiry. I'm a little confused. I'm not sure really what you want me to add in addition to what I already said in the listing. Perhaps you could advise. And I'll leave it there. It's <laughs> basically everything you asked is straight in the listing if you actually took a moment to read it. Yeah. I just played dumb. That's funny. Well, I was glad to see that Caleb was able to, even though he found it like intriguing, he was like, so interesting because what they ask is in the description. It but he a, managed it's to It's a strange be very feature friendly. of eBay. I don't think I get that elsewhere. I, I just think that's that's an eBay thing. It's like all the you, other the they best don't offers. See that's the an eBay. Yeah, they don't bother reading it, or they think you're an idiot, or they send you offers you didn't ask for, and that's just so eBay. I, I you know, I, I just don't know. It's a quirk of the platform. So you know, I was glad that there's one item I had that's a vintage poster that is adhered to a cardboard, and it's bigger than any of the mirror boxes that I have. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, that sold the day I got back. Um, because I had to kind of make a box out of four mirror boxes um, combined. But he did have to ship a blender and a oscilloscope, something mm. heavy fragile. and fragile. Mm. And he's a perfectionist, so mm -hmm. he did it. And then where it comes full circle is the person who shares my name, who stayed with my dogs, Sherry, um, and she's a true blue dog lover, by the way. She has four rescue dogs. <laughs> so she's like, they didn't beyond travel with her. She left me. them behind. She did to come watch mine, which is so okay. sweet. Okay, doggy swap. Is that fair enough? Yeah. And then she did um, take the items to PostNet, where they take UPS, FedEx, and uh, mm -hmm. the post office. So anyway, so it, sounds like um, he wasn't it all too went bad. well. Good. No, it went really well. Any particular advice you would give to someone who's going away? What about doing some kind of dry run where you just don't touch anything and you let the person maybe do a couple of days without – and they come to you if they need a help, but you don't oversee them. And you, you, that's I did kind it. of a way – you did that? Well, I did a semi-dry run. I don't know if it counts. Uh -huh. However, what I did do is after showing him for a bit – on that Saturday, then I said, okay, I'm going to be quiet, which I'm sure he didn't believe because it's hard for me to do. But I was quiet and I just stood behind him and I let him open up the shipment mm -hmm. and look at it and figure it all out. And um, that worked out really well because then you could see the different steps that occur. Like, And you're using the eBay web-based workflow, right? You're not using third-party right. tools. So that should really guide you through the sequence of stuff. It should protect well, you from doing too many stupid things, I'd hope. Yeah, but you can still do stupid things. You, you can still lose out. a couple mm. dollars here and oh, there. Yeah. Okay. Um, because there are times when he should upgrade to priority because it's going to cost less when it's a pound mm -hmm. for first mm -hmm. class. Or mm -hmm. I, I mean, there's just, actually, I'm, I'm not quite right about that, but there are definitely things he can do. And between FedEx and UPS, I mean, now... There are times where you're saving $10 just by choosing one or the other, depending mm -hmm. where the buyer is. And one so of the I had to make sure he knew annoyances that. annoyances of think of the eBay system, it doesn't rank the shipping results. And there are so many options. 
you know, yeah. FedEx, UPS, eBay, and USPS, at least on that results page, and they're all in a random order. It doesn't say, well, That's UPS right. is above FedEx. You could use UPS if you if you want to. You know, you've got to look down the entire screen, show more, look show down more, more and, then, and then pick the one that's the right one based upon your own skill and knowledge, which is not a necessarily easy thing to get right. They could and make that's that the easy. Part, yeah, that's the part I had to convey to him. Mm -hmm. Because previously when I have been out of town, basically I just expect to lose some money on shipping. Mm -hmm. But with Caleb, he is he's so bright and so smart you tell him one time and he doesn't forget so That's good. so the advice that i have is um this is just i don't know if this is, comes out out as advice but it's not a bad idea to train a helper in your business maybe have them do the photos or one area that you can delegate mm -hmm. because then when you go on vacation you can train them on the shipping and um whereas caleb works a couple evenings for a couple hours since he has school and basketball and everything else mm -hmm. and he does coaching of basketball um but for the week he came in every day and did the shipping and by the way i asked him what's his favorite job and of course it's the shipping hmm. good someone who likes that could be valuable yes <laughs> it's not, not many people's favorite people, people like taking photographs i think and that's good fun oh yeah writing text well that's so <laughs> no, that's the least least fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Okay, well done. That seemed to work out pretty well. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you a question. I don't remember what it was. It'll come back to me. But uh, no, that's that's very good. And no, I've forgotten it again. Okay, well. Okay. I'm I'm losing my my entire mind here. We've been on uh, an hour and thirteen minutes. Tell yeah, you that's what, what happens on that on that front. Why don't we park the cyber stalking update and do that next time? Because that could yeah. end up being a quite a juicy discussion. If you want to see the content that we're going to talk about, uh, that is right now posted on our website. Again, I don't like doing an audio show where I refer you to look at stuff, but. This is the kind of thing that, that does kind of make more sense when you look at it. So sell, sell, sell dot online is the website. There's a page referred to there called show notes. And there's a link to this presentation that we'll talk about next time. Uh, have a look through that. It's quite interesting. A bit more background on the cyberstalking criminal case. And if cyberstalking means nothing to you, you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. You could Google eBay and cyberstalking and you'd have a lot of bedtime reading coming your way. All right. I think we're getting near, we definitely should be getting near the end at this point. Uh, any yeah. uh, quick action items for um, this coming week, Sherry? Yes. Yeah, so be quick. Shipping supplies coupon is about to expire. Very good. So okay. be sure to use that. Okay. Uh, I would ask you that, again, as well as that show notes page, uh, let us know what you think. What are we doing right? What could we do differently? Uh, you can get in touch via sellsellsell.online. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, that's the uh, the website. So um, let's just see here. Uh, next time, we'll talk about some uh, end of year numbers as well as the cyber stalking stuff. I suggest that maybe uh, we could do a quick comparison how we think uh, 2021 went with uh, versus 2020. I'm asking that because I've just done my tax return, so I've got all my numbers now. Yeah. Um, I understand what I actually made last year as opposed to having a rough idea. Yeah. Also, me Sherry, too. next time. Do you abuse eBay messaging? I do constantly. And I think you <laughs> should do. 
no, we're going to ask you not to abuse eBay messaging. And um, I had a case where a seller selling me something uh, tried to blame eBay glitches. I think that's a general get-out clause that a lot of people use, and I don't think I believe it. But we'll talk about that next time, and you can uh, form your own view. So this is uh, Philip and Shari saying thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Check us out in the meantime at sellsellsell.online. Sell, sell.